Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get ready for men's Billikens basketball action Thursday afternoon. It's A-10 tournament quarterfinal play. Pre-game 1247. Tip at 1. Hear it here on your home for Billikens basketball. KMOX. A great about our sports open line back right here on KMOX as we continue to broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. We're very happy to be joined right now, indeed, in the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. It's Brian Walton from the Cardinal Nation. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. We're, uh, we've talked on the phone many times, but uh, we finally got the opportunity to meet each other out here uh, in Jupiter. I guess just from a general standpoint, what have you seen? What has uh, caught your eye out here since you've been covering the team? Well, this is a minor point, but this spring has been very dry, which is great because a lot of times we're having to dodge the rain and that adjusts schedules and it gets pitchers off. And But this year, so far, at least keep fingers crossed, things have gone well. And this year is different in the past, of course, because it's the first year of somewhat normalcy after COVID, but also the Cardinals have changed their camp structure for minor leaguers. They had what was called Step Camp, Spring Training Early Program, that began basically when the minor league, excuse me, when the major leaguers were here. And that allowed a group of about three dozen minor leaguers to be up to game speed and about Almost uh, two-thirds of them have been called over already to major league games. So you've seen guys that aren't in camp, like an outfielder, Victor Scott, or a pitcher, Cooper Jerpy, who you know, are probably a few years away from the major leagues, but getting that opportunity to put on the white uniform, the birds on the bat, and be in the 1 o'clock game in the stadium. And this is a tremendous perk for these young players, whether they get to play in the games or not. You mentioned Victor Scott. He's a top-30 prospect. Great speed. He's, he grades out as, as speedy as you can get, basically. Uh, the Cardinals don't have a center fielder right now that can play in center field. So he got the opportunity not just to play in a game, but to start in center field. For a young guy like that, that opportunity is incredible. Yeah, considering a year ago he was playing on the campus for West Virginia, and you know now he's in a major league game you know, batting ninth in, in a starting lineup. And uh, um, there have been several other center fielders as well. Mike Antico, who stole 53 bases last season between high A and double A, has been uh, on, the, on the field as well. I think he played in the game uh, at, uh, at uh, Ballpark of the Palm Beaches the other day. And then on the pitching side, of course, you know, we've seen some, some great performances from some young players like Tank Hens, for example, who was drafted third in that great class of 2020 after Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. Uh, he came in with his breaking ball, got a couple of strikeouts on Monday afternoon and just looked very impressed um, all over Marmol in the postgame. He talked with us about uh, how much in control Tank Hens is on the mound for a young man. His demeanor doesn't change. He says, I can look in the eye of a pitcher when I come to take him out and I can see sometimes they're scared sometimes they're frustrated uh, sometimes they're on top of the world he said with Tink Hens he sees nothing phases him 
You mentioned that draft class. It's really interesting because that was the year that it was only five rounds. To, and a lot of teams went with older guys. A lot of teams went with kind of more sure bet. Uh, the Cardinals didn't. The Cardinals went with a lot of young guys. The Cardinals went with a lot of high-end guys. But there, there's no guarantee. And sure, we, we haven't seen them in the big leagues yet. We'll probably see Jordan Walker sooner than later. But it looks like they made a pretty good decision in the way that they went about that. Yeah, that year, of course, that spring um, was pretty much a washout um, in terms of, of play uh, because of COVID. And so the Cardinals went heavy high school, which is very unusual for them, in that these first three picks, Walker, Wynn, and Hence, were all high schoolers. And the view sort of was that, hey, they didn't get a full season in, so scouts didn't get a full look at them. And some organizations might have been a little less comfortable taking high schoolers in that environment. And so the customers, the Cardinals, excuse me, tried to zig maybe a bit when everybody else zagged, and they came up with three very, very good players. We've been watching Jordan Walker just do incredible things. He moved through the system pretty quickly. Even coming into spring, you thought it was a long shot for him to make the team, even though the team had talked about they'd give him an opportunity. feels like right now there's a, there's a pretty good shot. What's, what's your takeaway? What are your feelings on just watching the entire arc that is Jordan Walker's story? I've talked to him informally a little bit in the clubhouse, you know, not with a pad or not with a microphone, just to kind of see where he is. And his demeanor hasn't changed. I talked to him a little bit about playing left field, which is new to him this spring. It seems to be where Oliver Marmol and the Cardinals like him better because he had played mostly in right field, a little bit in center, both at Springfield and in the Arizona Fall League. And he says, hey, I'm still learning the reads out there, but he said, with repetition, I'll be fine. He joked that, hey, I maybe need to get some different sunglasses because of the high sun that you see down here in Florida. But he seems to be um, at home in a major league lineup. We saw the confidence placing him to move him up in the number five spot, I think it was the other day. And so, you know, Jordan Walker, at least now, and granted, it's early March. There's a lot of games to be played. But I think we've talked and plenty of others have talked about the opportunity that's created by the World Baseball Classic with, with two of the three starting outfielders away being in Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newtbar. And that means that there's game opportunities, just as there is for Mason Wynn at shortstop with Tommy Edmond away. So these young players are getting this tremendous opportunity to play much longer, much deeper into the spring, where normally they might be cut and sent to the minor league, you know, minor league fields. So what happens with Jordan Walker not only depends on what happens with Jordan Walker, but also what happens with O'Neill and his move to center, how that goes. We saw Dylan Carlson hit a home run from the left side the other day, so you know Carlson's not giving up his lineup spot. Lars Newtbar, of course, came on last year and was phenomenal. So you know, what a pleasant problem for the Cardinals to have to potentially have four starting outfielders. But they've been very clear all along that if Jordan Walker makes the team, he will be an everyday player. And if there's not a place for him to play every day, then he'll get his first experience at AAA first experience never played a game at triple a so you know on one hand everybody's excited on the other hand you've got a 20 year old that's still relatively inexperienced so if he slumps a little bit this spring i don't think there would be any reason to be down on jordan walker if he continues to hit like he has well he'll probably be in the lineup opening day brian walton from the cardinal nation coming into jupiter i'd heard about mason Wynn. i'd heard about the arm uh i was expecting to see Pretty good defensive shortstop, crazy arm, and a guy who is going to get overmatched offensively. And that's not the guy that I've seen. He has struck out very few times. He's done. He's he has solid contact skills. He's coming up with, with a lot of hits. You are as locked. Ball the other way. Yeah. You know, can show you know great great instincts on the bases. Uh, are is this what you were expecting, or are you at all surprised at where he's at offensively in big league camp? Well, he progressed at, during the course of the year. Mason Wynn started last season at um, high A Peoria, 
and played very well there. Then it took him a little while to catch up to the pace at AA. Then he got the opportunity to play in the Arizona Fall League, so another opportunity to play another six weeks in high-level competition, and I could see him continue to progress. Um, defensively, as you said, you know, he's probably major league ready today. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We see him a couple of times where it seems like he's holding the ball a little longer just so he can gun it over to first. But as you said, you know, he's been uh, – been, and Oliver Marmo mentioned this last night to us. He said that Mason Wynn is more developed offensively than he ever expected. And, again, it's not just hitting the ball, but it's his instincts on the bases and his whole demeanor. He's willing to take a walk when needed so he doesn't have a lot of impatience for a young player. So, you know – Mason Wynn's not going to make the team out of spring training, but, you know, maybe that takes a little bit of the weight off his shoulders. Maybe it takes a little bit of the pressure off him, and he can just go out and play. So you're here. Minor league camp's going on right now. There are a lot of guys uh, on the backfields. When, when you're out there, what are, what are you really looking for? Well, it's early right now. So um, what happened on Monday was, of course, they had a lot of orientation, a lot of, you know, meetings and speeches and, you know, getting people organized. And then they have four fields in the George Kissel quad in the back, Uh, Folks are probably familiar with them. And so they split pitchers and hitters up into four groups, and they worked on fundamentals, covering bases, um, you know, taking grounders, uh, some pitchers through live batting practice. You know, basically just in drills, you know, pitchers working on covering first and game situations. Okay, first and third, one out, what do you do? Um, run down, you know, rundown plays. So they're going to continue to do that, the Cardinals, for the minor leaguers for about the next 10 days. And then come the 16th or so, they'll start playing the minor league spring training games. Some games will be what's called camp days, which means Cardinals play against Cardinals. Other days they'll be playing the nearby teams, the Astros, the Marlins, uh, the Nationals, and, uh, and the Astros. So that schedule will go on through the end of the month, the minor league games. And then... Uh, when Major League camp breaks, they'll break a few days later, and the minor league season opener is actually, I think, April 6th. Is there any guy that maybe we don't, because we know who the top-level prospects are, we, we know who everybody's talking about, who's the player that you kind of, everybody who covers prospects always has that guy or two that they kind of have a, uh, you know, an affinity for. Who is that, that player, those couple players, that you're really keeping a close eye on that you think may develop into something? Well, I've really been remiss in all this talk about the 2020 draft and the, and the high schoolers taken to overlook Alec Burleson. Mm-hmm. Alec Burleson was the college, first college player taking that draft. And his rise through the, through the system has been phenomenal, multiple levels. And, yeah, we saw him briefly in, in the major leagues late last year. But Alec Burleson is a, is a tremendous hitter and a guy that's really in the mix for at-bats at designated hitter this year. So, you know, he's a guy that you definitely want to keep an eye on. I think um, a guy that, you know, is kind of post-hype almost is catcher Yvonne Herrera. Yvonne Herrera came up last year, didn't really show particularly well, has some more growth. And the signing of Wilson Contreras kind of puts his – long-term um, status into question. But Yvonne Herrera can still play, and like the others, still very young, 21, 22 years old. So the Cardinals have this whole group of young players who are all knocking on the door, and it's, a, you know, it's tremendous to have that. But at some point in time, guys are going to start to get blocked, and the Cardinals have that depth in players that if they need to make moves later in the season, for example, say to strengthen starting pitching or some problem area of the team, you know, they have the capital in young players that they can trade to improve the major league roster, which is something that maybe they've been a little reluctant to do in past years because of depth questions. But that depth is filling in very nicely. And, and I mostly was talking on the, on the hitting side, but on the pitching side too, you've got Gordon Graceffo and Michael McGreevy 
and a, a next group of young arms that you know we've talked, others have talked about the potential holes on the rotation in 2024. And these guys, this is going to be a huge year for them to step up and show can they be major league starters. And you shouldn't count out Jake Woodford, who's been tremendous. Uh, Matthew Libertor has been very good this spring. So, again, this depth is going to be exciting to watch whether you're a prospect follower or not. Isn't it crazy? I think about Matthew Libertor because this time last year, one of the top prospects in the organization, everybody's excited. He gets to the big league level, maybe didn't have the amount of success that he would have liked to have. There's a lot of fans who've kind of just moved on from him, and I'm, I'm a big believer in development doesn't stop because you walk into a major league clubhouse for the first time. He's the same guy that he was last year. He's still a prospect. He's still a young guy. There's still every reason to believe that he can develop into what people thought he was going to develop into this time last year. Yeah, it's interesting. Both both Libertor and his childhood friend Nolan Gorman are kind of in the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, just the tremendous hype and the high expectations, top two prospects in the system, childhood friends, Arizona, you know, young guys. And, you know, granted, there are a lot of players, a lot of Hall of Famers who did not do well in their first year. Go back and look and see what Bob Gibson's results were his first, you know, first year as a major leaguer. So, you know, it's about maturity. It's about understanding where they fit in, understanding the holes they have in their game. And, and improving on those. And certainly Matthew Libertor, you know, it was a challenge for him in that post-COVID, he got moved up to AAA after coming right out of high A. He's never pitched an inning in AA, probably never will, unless he's on a rehab down the road. So, you know, they kind of got a little bit challenged. And in his case, it's maybe taken him a little while to catch up. But we've seen what he's done so far against major league hitters. And whether, you know, he's probably not going to make the rotation out of camp unless there's injuries. But you know, will he continue to start? Looks like it. He'll probably be that de facto, I would guess, that de facto sixth guy in Memphis to be ready to step up when a rotation opening occurs. You guys do such a great job covering prospects. Cardinal Nation, uh, the CardinalNation.com, um, the, the book you put out. Just give a plug for everything you've got going because I think Cardinal fans, if you want to learn about the minor league system, if you want to learn about prospects, what you guys produce both online and in print is a great resource for fans. Yeah, we talk about what's going on now, but we also have uh, 12, 15 years of history so you can look back at prior Cardinals drafts or prior prospect lists or whatever. But uh, we have a prospect guide, 292 pages out covering the top 50, well, really about the top 60-plus prospects in the system in detail, uh, scouting reports, their histories. Uh, we have information all about the leaders of the st- and stats across the system last year. We have a history section looking back at past drafts and past Rule 5s. So 292 pages of detail, everything you ever want to know about the best players in the Cardinal system, about the system. And then we have new content on the Cardinal Nation, 365 days a year, focus on the Cardinals, original content. And our focus is on the minor leaguers, but, of course, these minor leaguers grow up and the whole reason that they're there, the whole reason the system is there is to pr- deliver future major leaguers. So we don't stop following when they reach the majors as well. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for taking some time. All right. Thanks, Matt. We will take a break and have more in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line from Jupiter on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 